When we decided to come to Shetland, I got in touch with Chris Drever and said, who would be the best person to tell us about the musical traditions of these islands? And he said, this is his email, Morris Henderson is the real deal. Traditional fiddler, member of the great band Fiddler's Bid and absolutely fascinating. An expert on Shetlandic folklore and the music that's completely intertwined with it. He basically knows everything and he's an excellent speaker and fiddler. So we've got to go and see Morris, haven't we? And then when we got in touch with Morris, he said, could I bring my friend Ewan, Ewan Thompson? who's part of a family from Fair Isle that includes Inga Thompson, who you might have heard singing with Northern Flyway or with Corrine Polwart. So we said, yes, of course, and Ewan Thompson is a luthier. He's a man who makes fiddles. So he makes the fiddles that these traditional tunes are performed on. And we're going to go and visit his workshop now. Morris, hello. Ewan, hello. Hello. What an amazing day, first of all. The sun is out. Yeah, it's hasn't great. been out all day, though, has great it? Great to see the sun, yeah. Just hit it right here, down in Channerwick. Yeah, it's raining all bits of the morning, it was raining, so cleared up now. It's the four seasons in one day thing, isn't it? You get a big change here. But that. we're standing outside your house, Ewan, yeah. and we're looking out to sea, and we're in a kind of lee of the hill in a bay. Yeah with a ship moored at anchor out yeah. there. Do you know what the ship is? I believe it's a research ship. All oh, right, okay. I'm not sure what and what are these buildings that are surrounding us here? The house is here, we've got a greenhouse in the bottom of the garden, and then we've got a small shed where I build instruments in the, in the shed there. To build something. instruments in yeah. there. And are people from all over the world want your violins, don't they? Yeah, I suppose that's... Okay, I know you're a modest <laughs> I've man. Out, I've not been found out yet. You're, so you're a modest man, but they've, they've they gone, do, don't they? They've gone over the, over the place, you've done your research. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the furthest oh, one's gone? Dear. Australia, I guess, is the, is the furthest. Right, and, the, and these folk musicians or classical musicians? Mostly or? folk, yeah, mostly folk music. Oh, a different genres, yeah, different right. genres. And are you from here yourself, from this part of the islands? No, I'm originally from Fair Isle, which is basically between Sumbra, where you landed, and Orkney, halfway between Orkney so and So further down south from here, we're yeah. sort of halfway up, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, Maurice, tell us about the geography of the Shetland Islands because there's a lot of islands, aren't there? Yeah, and you and mentioned Fair Isle there, it's the most southerly one, and that, that's what, about 24 miles south yeah, of Sumbra Head, where the airport is at the south end. And then you drive up through the mainland, Lerwick is about 26 miles north of there, so that's kind of the, the central bit of Shetland. You're at Lerwick, the main town's about 8,000 people, and Scalloway on the west, the ancient capital the smaller village and then as you say there are scattered islands you head up the east coast you've got uninhabited island of Musa with the famous Broch on there just and a Broch is a round house isn't it yeah that's about 2,000 years old and then you head north you've got Bresci and Nos Nos is famous for its seabird colony there and then heading north you've got Walsey which is a well known island for its fishing industry there yeah. And then out Skerries is a small group of islands there, maybe 30 people living there. Yeah. Then you're up to Fettler, the Garden of Shetland, they call it. That's where my family so are from. from there. And then we've got Yell and Unst, most northerly everything there. Most northerly 
bus shelter and most <laughs> northerly post office and yeah, it's uh, and not just, white house of course and muckle flugger. And, yeah. As soon as I got here, I was aware of history and I feel like it's a place that just goes back thousands of years. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. the Norse and the Viking influence, of course, but before that as well. You've yeah, got and you'll hear or you'll see it in a lot of the place names, the Norse. But there's also names here even older, the time maybe from the Picts. And there's a settlement called Jarlshof, archaeological site. And you can go right back to about 4,500 years there. And the settlement's on that same site all the way up to about the 17th century. So, yeah, you can see all the eras in one place there. <laughs> and the musical tradition goes back a long way too, doesn't it? Yeah, we've got... Uh, I was thinking some of the really old tunes then... They kind of say they might have influence on the Norse side of things. There's old tunes like the Day Dawn, they're quite well known. And then you've got uh, influences coming in with the fiddle arriving probably yeah. 350 years ago, folk bringing them back from sea and became very popular. And we've got this tradition with the reels, Shetland reels. Yeah. And uh, that kind of, I suppose, took over from the old muckle reels and some of that older style of music. And today, even. As things move on, you get uh, styles change and more Scottish influences, and then we're hearing fiddlers from all over the place, and there's folk composing tunes all the time, and yeah, it's quite a vibrant scene. I want to go inside the workshop and see some of your fiddles, Ewan. Is that all right? It's no bother at all. I know also I'd really like you guys to play for us in there as well, if you wouldn't mind. Would you do that? that. Okay, let's walk down. The first thing to say is that it must be wonderful to work looking out through this window at the sea and the view here. Uh, Yeah, it's a distraction. I have to be careful. You can see there's uh, sheets over the windows so I can block them out when I'm working. Oh, right, so (laughs) that stops you from uh, glazing over and just looking out to sea, does it? Well, to be honest, it's just so I can control the light for working. That's the yeah, so we've got, you've got four windows and yeah. at least three of them look out over the sea, which is That's just right, yeah. magnificent. And then you've got <laughs> here on the workbench, there's a work in progress, is there? Yeah. It's probably just passed halfway through and I've, I'll just take it out of the jig. I've got a jig there for, for working on it. So I've finished the outside arching there. And that's the back of the violin. This is the back here. And then I'm just hollowing out and thicknessing the... What sort of wood are you using? Uh, this is maple. The, the back, ribs, neck are, are maple. And the front there is spruce. This plywood here is the mould. Ah. And the ribs are bent round the mould. They're steamed and bent round the mould and glued onto these blocks there. And how long does the process take? For violin, uh, probably about five weeks for the woodwork if you're doing nothing else. And then you have to add the neck and the scrolls uh, and... Well, the neck's carved. I have a just over here. So that's just roughed out, ready to start carving now. So I'll have a week's work to do on this probably. Right, and do you do that? How do you do that with a chisel or the? It's, it's gouges. You see me gouge the rolls there on the on the table there. So oh yes, your tools are over there on the on the rack. So that's carefully hand chiseled to it's make all, the shape. It's all hand carved. Yeah, it's just carved out. And as you're doing this, 
Are you thinking about the sound that the violin will make? That's the most important thing, yeah, that's that's the main focus. And can you, as a result of the process, the hand work that you do, can you dictate whether it's a loud violin or a gentle sound? Yeah, you, you can make a violin with whichever sound you're after in mind. It's not an exact science, but you can certainly make a higher arching and get a louder sound. And at the end with the setup, with the sound post and the bridge, that can be altered. It's just well, years of experience, I guess. It's the only, it's the only thing. It's a trial well, and which error. prompts me to ask you how you first started. I mean, what, has this been in your family, this kind of work? or Craft, certainly. Yeah. My, my grandfather played the fiddle and he taught me from a young age. My dad's a musician as well. And they've both always done woodwork. My dad makes straw-backed chairs. And um, my grandfather made spinning wheels. Spinning um, wheels? Was, um, was so was he quite famous for his spinning wheels? Not so much. It was more a hobby um, in his retirement. And I think when he retired, he sadly no longer with us, but when he retired, I think he made over 200 spinning wheels just in his retirement. Wow. I think it's a Shetland trade. I think folk needed to be able to be practical and make things and fix stuff. And I think that's not unique to my family. I think that's a general trait from Shetland folk, I would say. And there's a lot of fiddle players here, presumably. There's a lot for the population out here. There's probably quite a high number of, of fiddle players. For yeah, sure. so there's quite a bit of demand, at least <coughs> even here in Shetland, before they yeah. start going abroad. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's absolutely. a lot of local players play your fiddles, you and most of the guys we fiddlers bid, Andrew Gifford and <laughs> Gavin Henderson and Chris Stout, they all play you and fiddles and Ross Cooper. And uh, oh, there's more than that. There's, there's a lot of... What about you, Morris? Do you play a you and fiddle? No, I'm, I'm, I don't actually. Hang on a minute. Why not? I know. Yeah, I'm best salesman for you, but I actually I play uh, one of my dad's fiddles. So ah, your dad, dad makes fiddles. Yeah, he, he's as a hobby. Yeah, so he started that uh, just as a hobby a lot of years ago. Are you not uh, offended, Ewan? Took that, it to quite a high level. I mean, he says it's a hobby, but it's it's making making nice instruments. Yeah. Yeah, he makes good fiddles. He never gets a chance to sell any because I'm, they're always the family that are after them. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been making a fiddle yourself, Morris, haven't you? Yeah, that was just this last year I thought I'd have a go at it. And since the music scene was uh, extra quiet <laughs> for the last year... So During I, the lockdown? Yeah, the, the lockdown I started just before Christmas and uh, managed to get it set up in the white. So it's not varnished yet. But, it's, but yeah, is it here? I do, yeah. I, have, I actually have it here. Would you play it for us? I could... Yeah, apparently the, the master craftsman over there. This is You're slightly uh, embarrassed to take yours out. <laughs> yeah, this is not... <laughs> well, we'll get Ewan to review it oh, yeah, in a moment that's... and tell us what he thinks of your yeah. of your handiwork. He's a, he's a very good fellow. To, he gave me some advice as well as going along. Keep encouragement, they think. How was he as an apprentice, Ewan? <laughs> he's good. He's done good. Yeah, he's done good. Well, it looks yeah. fantastic. No, it's, well, so it's not varnished yet, so it's, no, we're it's still in the white. In yeah. the white wood. But it's it's beautifully made, I must say. So well, it's not done a bad job here. No, it's it? not. It's done a great job, and it's nicely yeah, marked the, around the inlay, around the edge. And that's my first attempt at that, so it's a. I learnt a lot every step of the way. <laughs> was it frustrating sometimes? No, I actually just really enjoyed working away at it. Uh huh. Back in the workshop, there's not a fiddle being made now, and it feels a bit. Empty. I yeah. need to go and maybe think of another one for another winter. Uh, yeah. Well, let's hear what it sounds like. Well, I 
tell you what, if you if you make something that sounds like that, you should be very satisfied with yourself. It's fantastic, <laughs> isn't cool, it? Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Ewan? Give us a marks out of ten. It's got to be a nine, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Since he's standing here, he's very generous. He's not varnished. He's not varnished. No, yeah. so what, 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 what difference does the varnish make when you put it on? Does it make a big difference to the sound? It certainly focuses the sound. Yeah. Yeah, right. it draws it in and, and focuses the sound. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so playing it without the varnish, you know, we're we're only hearing it's a, a, a nine yeah. tenths of the picture. Yeah, it's it's a more open. Um, it's a bit of a yeah, raw sound and maybe a bit more of a boomy sound. Can yeah, you? You get probably a bit more variety in the sound, so more detail in the sound with the varnish on. At least I hope so. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Now listen, you kindly said that you would play some tunes for us. Well, we thought we'd play a couple of old Fettler tunes. What's a Fettler tune? Well, from the island of Fettler. The first one is a Trowy tune. And what's a Trowy? Well, it's actually a, a Trowy tune coming from the Trows. And, and they're, a Trow they're, is they're, a kind of troll? Exactly right, yeah. They're smaller than a troll, though. We call them the Piri Fock or the Grey Fock. They bind the hills in Shetland. And they love playing the fiddle and playing tricks on people. Sometimes some of them are not so nice. They have to be careful how you deal with the trout. Do they not kidnap the fiddle players sometimes? Quite often, yeah. That's, take them away. There's many a fiddler disappeared for a long while and then maybe only appear back a year later. Even a hundred years, it's been. And told his wife that the trousers had taken him. Exactly, it happens a lot, yeah. <laughs> right. And they sometimes come back with tunes that they've learnt from the trows. And there is a repertoire of tunes in the Shetland fiddle tradition that have been learnt from the trows, and you can nearly tell, oh, that's a trowy tune. They just have a certain sound. This one, called Winya Depla, that's a famous trowy tune from uh, Fettler, and it was heard by a man who was grinding corn in his mill, a stone water mill. And uh, he was the only one brave enough to do the night shift out there and grind the corn at maybe one in the morning when the trows were at their most mischievous and the worst. And these trows had borrowed a boat and rowed across the wicked grouting in Fettler. And uh, they were heading to a wedding party up on the hill. And en route they came up the burn and they came across the mill and they thought, oh, they could see that the mill was going full tilt. They could hear it grinding the corn. And they burst in the door to see Gibby Lawrenson in there. Now, he had heard them approaching, and he was pretending to be asleep. And he had uh, around him all this hallows of straw to keep him warm. And he pretended to be asleep, and the trows were discussing what they were going to do to the sleeper. And at that, there was a trowy woman that came in and she had a big bundle of wet washing she'd been washing in the burn and she said, leave him be. She started to lay these wet cloths over his leg and to dry. It was actually the hippings or the, the bairns' nappies and they, she laid them out to, to dry because she was pretending to be asleep all the time. And uh, she says, you leave him be. The sleeper is doing a very good job of drying my washing. Why do you not play him a tune? And the trow fiddler had this, what they call it, they had the trowy fiddle with a couple of horsehair type strings on it. And uh, he played this tune. And Gibby, he wasn't a fiddler himself, but he was a good singer. And he got the melody. And uh, when he went home, he got his son to play it on the fiddle. So they called it Fader's tune, 
for long, but then it eventually the cards win you Depla after the loch, which is up in the hill behind there. And a place, if you go there as a Shetland fiddler, you should be beware. The trows. The trows. Could get you. Yeah. So I'll play you that tune, I think. Oh, that would be fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so that was a, there was a second tune there, wasn't there? What was that yeah, one? Yeah, went into a fettler reel called Hyogravilta. That's an oh. old old one. That from the playing of David Hart, and he was a fiddler, probably in the you're talking mid nineteenth century, and a fisherman and whaler and the like, and he was a noted fiddler. So it came down from him, whether he he wrote it or he just played it. He was noted to play it. And with some of these songs, is it lost in the mists of time, whether they're traditional or whether somebody actually composed them? Yeah, they're, they're, tunes like that, you don't know where they came from originally, but um, it certainly got a fettler sound to it, I would say, and uh, handed down through the Hart family and fettler. And then my neighbour, the late Joe Jimison, who was about 90, and a great fiddle player, I spent many a night in along him, and he always, that was like his signature tune to me, the kind of Hyogra Volta, and to come down through his family. Well, what, what about you and your family history? Because we've heard Ewan's. So does fiddle playing run in the family? Well, my dad was learning the fiddle and playing the fiddle. What, when about, you were a kid? Yeah, and he could turn a tune on the fiddle pretty good. And then he took into the interest in making the fiddles. And my mother, she played piano mostly kind of classical piano and her family all played piano so there's music on that side as well and we'd have many a session in the house there when I was growing up because we didn't live too far away from the lounge bar in Lerwick which is a famous place for sessions and quite often at that times then the pubs shut a lot earlier back at 10 at night and then folk would come back along and have a tune because we had a piano in the house I would come sneaking, looking down the stairs, see who was in, and the music would be playing away. 
So you sat on the stairs taking it all in, did you? Oh yeah, and we listened to music in the house all the time, all sorts. So yeah, I think we were exposed to a lot of good tunes. And so what sort of music players. were you listening to? Well, uh, on the record player and that, it was anything for hell. Obviously fiddle music and Shetland stuff, but also classical music, a lot of that. And whatever the latest hits of the day were, probably. But, uh, when did you first pick up a fiddle? I was interested in it when I was about maybe 10 or leaving, and I figured out a couple of tunes on it, The Merry Boys of Greenland, and then at the school I got a chance, I actually wrote about it in a history lesson, we did an essay, and at the end I'd said, oh, and at some time I'd like to learn the fiddle, and it was actually my history teacher picked up on it, and he said to me, Dad, oh, your boy wrote this thing, I could get him fiddle lessons at the school. So that's why I got lessons at school with Trevor Hunter. And when you have those kind of lessons, are they lessons in Shetland fiddle playing or are yeah. they classical lessons? Or uh, Shetland fiddle playing, predominantly you learnt the kind of repertoire of Shetland tunes, but also taught you technique and Trevor was quite into the classical stuff as well. So you learnt about producing the tone and Scottish, Irish and anything you wanted to learn. Well, did you enjoy it all? Oh yeah, yeah, I enjoyed playing and there's a few teachers at the school at the time, Willie Hunter, the late Willie Hunter, he was in the next door room teaching my sister had lessons with him. So he would be picking up tunes from them and the teachers were all very inspiring. They would come with new material they were learning and you would go away and try and learn it up. And you had a band from, right from school days as well. Yeah, had we, we had a band together, there's boys about my age and they were really good fiddle players and we ended up getting a group together we started playing it just, it might be a folk society night or a little concert. Somebody was needing a fiddle band, but the band couldn't turn up. They would get us to come and play some tunes, and then we ended up forming a band called Fiddler's Bid. So oh yes, famous. We've been going for a while now. Yes. When when was that? When did that it start? That would have been 91. I would have been about 15, 16. Right. And the other boys were about a couple of years younger than me, some of them. We'd play at the Fiddle and Accordion Club and maybe at a folk club and then the Chitlin Folk Festival. Ninety-two we did our first performance there and it was a major thing and you're suddenly sharing the bill with international artists and stuff and it there's no question that spurred you on something else and you were joining in sessions the whole played, time. And you played across the planet since then. Oh, yeah, you've been everywhere now, haven't you? I mean, a lot yeah. of places, yeah, over yeah. the Sydney years. Sydney Opera House is, that was the one that comes to mind. The Sundowner concert at Sydney Opera House. Wow. Right. I'll tell you what, you know, I'm looking out over your shoulder here at this view, and I wonder if we might step out into the view oh, and get you to play some yeah. tunes on the beach down there. Would that, that be, would be great? It would yeah, be fantastic. All right, let's do that. Yeah. So here we are down on the beach. Yeah, and I can see there's, there's sand down there and there's a lot of pebbles that have been washed up here. Do you get some quite powerful storms here? We get some serious gales here in the wintertime. It's unbelievable. I think there's one day around Christmas time, that's a lot of years ago, I think I found about 30, 35 olics here on the beach, washed up, fish washed up on the beach here. Oh my goodness. Um, so it kept us fed for the whole winter. We took them, <laughs> took them back and that's fantastic. And them. We got them, got them all in the freezer for the for the winter. But, uh, and the wind comes in really it's, strongly. Yeah, serious. We get serious wind here. I mean, we would not be standing here. We'd be even on the grass at the bank there. The sea goes right up over the grass, and it took the the gable end off that the old kirk there, the meeting house there. Oh, really? So the waves um, are that high that there's a ruined building there that yeah that they, they pulled down. Yeah. yeah. My goodness. 
Because it looks like butter wouldn't melt in its mouth today, today doesn't it? You know, it? the sun's <laughs> it's a different... out, there's a little gentle breeze and yeah, the waves are very... lapping on the shore. Yeah, oh. yeah it's very different uh, when the wind's westerly today, but when you get easterly coming in here, it's, um, yeah, it's different. And some wonderful bird life here too? There's some fantastic um, wildlife here, yeah, all, all aspects, yeah. What, what sort of things can be, you see? Well, there'll be ring plovers here on the beach nesting just now. Terns over the far end there, there's Arctic terns nesting there. Oyster catchers, um, what we call the shelter, shelter be nesting here on the beach. There's lots of waders. There's mallard, uh, eider duck as well. And do you see birds. seals and yeah. whales here? I'd be surprised if we can't see a seal here somewhere just now. <laughs> if we look for a minute, we'll see a seal, I'm sure. You do get the whales. And whales, quite regular, fairly whales regular. Come in. Uh, through the summertime, we get killer whales quite a lot. Monkey see whale. dolphins, you see dog monkey. Did see humpback whales out here one time. That was a good, that's a good statement. <laughs> was there a whaling industry here on Shetland? Uh, there was for a short while, yeah. I mean, before 1900 or so, then they had can whales with pilot whales. They would yeah. car them into a bow, but that's long since finished mm. here. But yeah, they did have a whaling industry. And the Norwegians, I think, had a company here in the early 20th century. Yeah. But it was fairly short-lived, that one. But a lot of Shetlanders did go to the whaling in the past. To other countries? Yeah, to the Arctic in South Georgia. So that, at one time in the 40s, 50s and so on then, that was a major employer. Lots of folk would go and winter out down there. Yeah. And there wasn't that many sources of employment in Shetland, so it actually kept the folk here. And uh, they would get enough money to maybe build a house or kind of keep the family going. But that's finished in the early 60s, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> so we, the whales are slowly making some kind of a comeback, but it's so pretty str much a struggle. And now, presumably, you get people coming with who want to shoot them with their cameras rather More than now, anything else. More, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can tell almost sometimes you know there's a whale off the shore because there'll be 15, 20 cars jammed in the corner of the road somewhere and folk running down to the shore with cameras. And, Binoculars. <laughs> There's certainly an attraction yeah. here. There's certainly There's an attraction. Real enthusiasts, and uh, they know all the whales to see the, yeah. by their fins. They're all very individual, and they'll track these pods. Maybe they'll be observed somewhere in the yeah. north of Scotland or down the west coast, and they might visit here. And we get ones from Iceland that'll appear here. And, and they have names. Yeah, they're they, known. Yeah, they know them. They know quite well. And they'll said oh this one visited here maybe five years ago and we had to return with a pod so yeah they're, they're really getting a good knowledge and the poor old seals they don't get such a good time because they do come during here hunting yeah <laughs> that's true yeah yeah i wonder if you'd play for us again we're, we're yeah, on the beach here yeah. where's a good place to stand should we move down onto the sand yeah we could go down
Shetland Railers danced for a couple of hundred years, and that was really the only dance they did. It's the most popular one, and it's ideal because it can be danced in your sitting room, in a small room. You don't need a hall to dance it in, or you could dance it down here on the beach, perfectly good, I'm sure, but you get the sound of the feet on the floorboards is, is splendid. And if you actually play in the reel, the bit when they do the figure eight, you hear the shuffle of the feet, and that blends in with the tune and provides a rhythm. So it's great to play along with the dancers, and then when you lift into the back step and they're getting the hughes and the and then that just lifts the musicians as well. So, so they'll cry out. Yeah, oh yeah, they'll just be a help for the floor and encouragement and maybe asking for another turn again. And <laughs> yeah, so that kind of when you get that interaction with the dancers it's really incredible. And just brings another dimension to the real life. coming in there at the end of your playing was fantastic. So that was a set of Shetland reels and obviously I felt the urge to dance while you were playing but what should I have done if I were dancing the Shetland reel and would it be the same all over the island? Well that's it, yeah the, the Shetland reel ideally you'd have three couples line up three couples and then you would do like a figure of eight movement through and the first half of the tune and then the second half of the tune you would do a either a back step or a shuffle step so that's generally the form for the dance but did they dance it the same everywhere on the island no there, there's variations wherever you go and that may be some that do the back step and then particularly if you go to scary sir that they would do a shuffle and some places they start with the step dance first and other places it'll be the figure of eight first. So the variations wherever you go. Same in the music. And have you it's, spent time sort of studying the different variations? Well, maybe not so much as a dancer, but I have, yeah, I've spoken to a lot of dancers about it. And uh, I can do a back step right enough and I might manage that, but the falls of shuffle would be too much for me. <laughs> but is it some... You've, stopped, you've tried to stop it from dying out, actually. Morris has been trying to keep it alive. Yeah, it'd be good to see it danced more, because, yeah. I mean, the reels, there's hundreds of fiddle players and they know all the tunes, but you don't get to match it up with the dance so often, yeah. and I think a lot of it's fashion. There are a lot of folk like their dancing, and there's various dance clubs throughout uh, Shetland that meet regularly. There's one just over the hill here in Sandwick and Hoosick. Carnegie Hall is it they meet there but there's other ones as well and you dance at weddings and maybe after a concert sometimes you get a dance or if say we're out in Fuller we maybe go and visit there they always dance the shalds they have the Fuller reel out there which is a different dance again and we play jigs for that but yeah yeah, the folk will always like to do a dance so Maurice can you just demonstrate for us on this rock on the beach here how I would do the back step yeah so uh, let me see Okay. Just like that. 
So you're putting one foot behind the other and so hopping. You kind of hop twice, yeah. Yeah. Come on, so then. You have a go on. Yeah, I'll have a go. So I'll hop on that one. Is that it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, I've lost it altogether now. <laughs> Morris, is, Morris is absolutely wetting himself yeah. laughing at me. <laughs> what, what have you found there, Ewan? This is the Fumer petrol skeleton still here. They have this um, like a tube there that they shoot oil over here. If you get too close, they'll spray with oil. <laughs> and that's it. how they defend themselves yeah, from that's predators. A mechanism, yeah. And you found the skeleton here. Obviously, one of them's died. It's obviously washed on up, the beach. Yeah, yeah. Come, yeah. Up, come up on the beach, but um, but are there lots of them nesting so nearby? There's ones along the, the head of the beach up here. Yeah, there's quite a few nesting, sitting on eggs there. But, um, and Morris is saying that the name, do you say the name? The Mali. We call them Malis, yeah. That's the Shetland name. Most of the birds uh, will have a Shetland name. I mean, is there a whole other Shetland language going on? You know, we're speaking English now, obviously, but I saw in the local bookshop there was a book of Shetland words, which is a very big book. Yeah. So there's, 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 are, are there people who still speak that? Uh, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of Shetland words. And oh, yeah. sometimes you don't realise it, but we use a lot of different words. And... Some areas are broader than others, I think. Some areas of Shetland, there's a much broader tongue. Yeah, there's local accents and, and dialects even across the islands. Just going a few miles away, you can tell somebody's from a different island. Or it's that distinct. Yeah. And do you think that survives, you know, even in modern communication times? Because often I've read about accents disappearing because people are all watching the same American films or they're all listening to the same radio stations or you know, whatever, but it's distinct here because maybe people are still, you know, in their separate communities. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you hear a difference, a change. If if you came to Shetland 30, 40 years ago, you'd yeah, hear a different, different yeah. slant and, yeah, just as you're saying, influences from outside, but there's still, you can tell folk if they're from the west side of Shetland yeah. or from yeah. Unst or Walser. And I think the younger folk now are finding it more fashionable actually to use more Shetland words and more dialect now. And that's a good thing. They're it's keeping that language alive. I think they are now. It's definitely my daughter's generation. They're certainly using more Shetland words. And how do they learn that? Is that because they pick it up from you or do they get taught them at school or do they get them Should from each other? You don't get taught it, no, you just really pick it up. Pick it up and usually the older older generation, the, the grandparents, that would be yeah. the best source. Older, older and you see that if your friends are online or you're messaging, <coughs> a lot of folk message each other, it's all in Shetland dialect and speaking on oh, yeah, that's in true. Messenger or whatever. They'll it's always speak dialect, in, and yeah. you can tell where they're from, even for how they write it. And it's kind of just written <laughs> yeah. phonetically. And that's fantastic that that language is being used in the modern electronic 
world, isn't it? You know, that that's a, a sign that it's going to survive and, and thrive. Well, I think it's quite a good way because it's quite short. A lot of the words are quite short and it's, 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 yeah, a, it's an easier way to write it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of words? Can you give us some examples? Well, what kind of words would you... You were saying the other day it was fools do. Yeah. What does that mean? How are you today, I suppose, yeah. Right. yeah how are you doing there? Yeah. If you had a good meal, you'd just be stented. That would be the word, you'd just be stented. Stented? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> stented. That's quite descriptive, isn't it, actually? <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of these nights with the, the mist coming down at night. When it lies down the valleys, we call it the Dalarik. And Dalarik? The, yeah. The smoke, like in the valley, in, in uh-huh. the dal. The cows are kai. I think I've heard the, that in Northumberland the, as well. Yeah, like, the kai, yeah. And the, that's the pyrrhics. Yeah, pyrrhics here is the Arctic tern. That's, that's another word for them. Yeah. Oh, I'm learning. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll hear folk will say, well, when will I meet you? I'll, I'll meet you in a pity start. Yeah. A pity start? <laughs> yeah, in a little while. But you'd, Folk look at you blankly, a piri start, what's that? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so. And piri is little, yeah. is it? Yeah. yeah, so I'd see you in a piri start. I'm going to try that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This steam, that, that, you call that a bully steam. That's a pebble. It's a pebble, yeah, bully, bully steam. And is steam Mind like stone? Stone, yeah, just bully steam, yeah. Right. Yeah, a lot of the words is quite, almost like Norwegian. Somebody who's a kind of linguist would understand, but how you phrase words you almost say it the opposite way around. So if you're going to say hurry up, I think you'd say come trow. And yeah. that, I think that's exactly the same, isn't it? In some parts of Norway, I think that's the same. Mm. Come trow. Some of yeah. my friends in Norway, they say when they hear us speaking to each other in Shetland dialect, they say it's your son's like Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> and the birds are speaking to us as well. What's that? Yeah. What kind of bird is that? That's yeah. a terek. That's one of the terreks that we're looking at. Yeah. yeah, so they just arrived back not long ago and... They're probably starting to nest now, but when they're yeah. actually on on the nest, they get quite. They'll attack you. Well, we might they, end up with yeah. dive bombed. Yet we're just going to wander yeah. over to the end of the beach here, so we might yes. end up getting dive bombed. But okay, well, let's just walk carefully <laughs> this way. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Task force. What have we got here? Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, some eggs here on the sand. <laughs> so you and what are those? I'm not sure because they're they're dark green. They could be red shank. I'm not Just sure. Right here in amongst the stones and yeah. very well camouflaged, so aren't camouflage. they? Um, unfortunately, we didn't uh, step on them. Yeah. I think we'll keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's go away in case the, the, um, the, the mother wants to come back yep. to her nest. Yeah. So Jun, we're coming through the gate onto your croft now, are we? Um, yeah, this is our hay park in here, and then there's a few crops up here. There's some Shetland oats, which is a lighter green strip there, and then there's some neeps, turnips, and then some Shetland kale, which is cabbage, Shetland kale. Is it quite hard to grow things here because the, the wind is quite extreme it and it's quite very exposed. I should say, I haven't yet seen a tree no. uh, on <laughs> Shetland. There's not many trees around here. So is it quite hard for your crops to thrive? Um, we get quite an intense summer here, so stuff grows here very well, actually. But at the beginning and end of the season, I guess, that's where the problems arise sometimes with wind when you're planting and, and erosion. And then at the end, you can get the storm. storm will come in and flatten the corn off. And 
for flattening the hay even. And you're growing the mix. hay presumably to keep your beasts It'll be for fodder, through the winter. For the cows, yeah. And how many beasts have you got? Uh, we just have the four at the moment, they're fattening up animals, so the ones that are going to the, into the food chain. And sheep? Uh, we have about 35 sheep just right. now. What variety of sheep do you have? And um, the Shetland sheep too, we're on, we're on sheep, so um, yeah, and they'll, they'll sell them, sell the lambs at the end of the, end of the summer. And wool is so important here, isn't it? You it's know, a big such thing. a big knitting industry. It's a big, it's a big part of Shetland. And the Fair Isle sweater, of course, is very famous. That's right. So do you, your sheep provide wool for that? Yeah. Our, our wool will go up to the brokers in Larwick and then go on to the mill from there. They're, they're carding it and make, getting it ready yeah, for knitting. Make it into for, for knitting, yeah. Do you do any so, knitting yourself? I can't knit. No, I, I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> so, no, my family... Do I mean my granny was she was unbelievable at knitting the speed that she could knit was unbelievable. But um, no, that passed me by that one I'm afraid. And does anyone from Fair Isle wear a Fair Isle sweater or is that just for the tourists? Oh no, folk wear them. Folk oh, right, do wear okay. them, yeah. I just it's unbelievable. To check. Yeah, no, that's that's true, they do. <laughs> the great thing with the wool, if you get a Fair Isle jumper, it's quite lightweight, even though it's really warm. Yep. So you can wear it through layers, uh -huh. and uh, you never get too hot in it either, it kind of self-regulates, so it's a very good thing to have. Speaking about the spinning and that, you want to try that Dune Ruth one? Oh yes, that. so you tell us about this tune and the rhythm of it. The tune is in 21-8 timing, which is similar to the sound that the spinning wheel makes when you're spinning the, the wool, the Shetland wool. So the tune responds to that rhythm. Yeah, and do you play it to the people who are spinning sometimes to keep them in time or well Morris played it to me grandfather and he was well, he played well, it when he spun I, I asked Ewan's grandfather because he it's an aunt's tuning he was originated in aunt's and learned it from his uncle and he said that uh, there's supposed to be the sound of the wheel going the rhythm just can you play the tune then along with it and then he just set the wheel going and played the fiddle at the same time oh, so he could actually yeah do the both at the one time doing his own and accompaniment it, and he really because he, he was really in tune with the spinning really knew how to spin and he got the rhythm amazing with that So it can be done. Yes. That must have been fantastic to see. Oh yeah, incredible to see and hear that. Yeah, yeah so we played a kind of a more fired up version of it. Yeah, it's a faster, faster kind of version, I guess, yeah. We've come down now by this lovely burn. You can probably hear the water trickling past. And what better place to hear Morris and Ewan playing than on the banks of the burn?
fast to spin to that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fast. <laughs> that was brilliant. Thank right. you very much. What a wonderful, no wonderful tune. We went into a couple of tunes there and uh, after the spinning. Like <laughs> yeah, we would have hit up. My goodness, there would have been some production there, wouldn't there? Yeah. <laughs> going. And you've lost a couple of hairs on your bow oh, there, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. yeah that's an occupational hazard, presumably, when that's you're playing. A, that's more business for you and I'll get <laughs> <laughs> This is the Shetland Oats, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. we've got the Oats over yeah. here. There's not many folk grow the, the Shetland ones. Scots it's a much heavier stock and heavier seed as well actually there's more food value I guess in the in the Scots oat but, um, but the Shetland oat it's incredibly diverse it can grow on the poorest ground. Is this for your porridge in the morning or is it for your, the, your the, sheep this or? This will be going for the animals the cows will eat this probably in the winter. Right. Winter We're hoping to make some skecklers with we, oh, them yeah. if we get a good crop then there's a guising costume that you'd, we wear around it uh, New Year time. We know and again we've dabbled in this skeckling, but uh, we're going to try and give that a go. There's a lot of interest in it last year in the lockdown. Yeah. And, so uh, what would the costume look like? It's a, like a straw man costume. Got a straw outfit. We a straw hat, pointy hat disguise, and uh, you go around the houses, and you hear the folk approaching the door with the rustle of the straw and they come in you have no idea who the folk are they're quite intimidating because they're disguised yeah, completely their faces hidden and with the music going and then you come into the house and you know you've been skeckled because your house will be foolish covered in bits of, bits of straw and, <laughs> and what's the history of that where's that come it's from an, Do you it's know? an old tradition it's here in Shetland for hundreds of years and it's a similar thing you find it in Ireland and it's almost the same costume so but nobody really knows where the link. There must be a link somewhere there. Middle Are they Atlanta. asking for a wee dram when they go in there? Yeah, that's part that's of it. That's how you get rid of it. it. Something, <laughs> something to eat and something to drink and, and a dance. Yeah. <laughs> know but your back step. <laughs> <laughs> but while we're on the subject of this dressing up and all the rest of it, we've got to talk about the fire Festival, the Upheli R, if that's the correct pronunciation, yeah, yeah, that's very good. Uh, which takes place at the end of January, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the Upheli R, that's a a big thing in Shetland and there's actually 10 festivals throughout Shetland so you have the main one in Larwick last Tuesday in January Preparation for it goes on all year doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, folk making yeah. costumes and doing an act and rehearsing the act and a lot of social gatherings just before the event Right, so and what would I see if I came and stood in the main street in Lerwick on oh, the night? The whole place just uh, within about 30 seconds the light up is just incredible and about a thousand torches are just lit up in flames. flames right in through the, the street and it just the whole sky is red the buildings are glowing yeah it's quite and everyone's dressed in the viking then, costumes just, the heat is overwhelming and right. the, yeah well the lead squad dressed as vikings there's about usually about 60 or so vikings and oh, then yeah, the rest are all yeah, in different yeah. outfits and there's about 50 squads all dressed differently so and, the, and, and yeah. it ends up with a longship, doesn't it? A Norse yeah, longship the, going into the sea? They, actually, in Lerwick, they take it into the middle of the town and burn it in the centre of the town in the park there. But some of the other festivals, the one in the south mainland here, then they burn it in the sea and they pick a different wick or a different beach every year, depending on where the Jarl, the Vikings, the head Viking is from. So everyone has its own way of doing it. Yeah. And it's is there a festival. symbolism about that? I mean, is it is it part of those kind of festivals of light that you yeah. see in, in all sorts of traditions, you know, that it's about the darkness of winter and combating the darkness through light? Is that, is that part of it? Very much, and I think 
in Shetland it's it's such a, a social thing through the year, all ages involved and it just kind of lightens up the winter and gives you something, something, to, uh, something look to look for to. every couple of weeks, there's another one, you can't go to them all, no. you really can't. <laughs> and presumably at that time of year here, it is dark, I mean how much daylight oh, yeah. do you get in January? Oh, you go to your work in the morning and it's dark, at the yeah. still half nine it'll be dark yeah. and then... Maybe after lunch it's starting to get dark again, and uh, yeah, three half three it'll be dark. So it is very short. So you need something to cheer your spirits. Yeah, that's it, and, then, and it's a good time for kind of keep the music going. And, and well, I was going to ask you about that. What sort of music will you be playing around that? Well, the, if you're in the squads, some of them will have a band even playing, or a kind of amplified up, and the other ones will have traditional music, fiddles and guitars and banjos and singing and. It's a real mix. Is there a competitive spirit between the different squads? Ah, there might be some squads trying it the best act, but there's other ones that really don't <laughs> take it that serious. <laughs> and you don't, you never let on oh, what you're going secret. as before. Yeah, yeah, that's it's right. Just, it's so what your your theme yeah, or your yeah. uh, costume yeah, or whatever a, that's, that's just kept secret, secret till the night. Keep it under yeah, the till till the night. And uh, the Arl squad, the Viking squad, they'll take over a year to make all their costumes, oh, and yeah. that's absolutely top secret until the day. We're now inside the ruins of what used to be a meeting house or a kirk. Obviously the wall's fallen away and we can see through the wall to the sea, but there's still three and a half walls here, no roof. Uh, What was it like when you first moved here? The roof had gone when we got here, but the pews were still standing across the the kirk here and and the the pulpit was still in place at the far end. So that's changed a bit, but you can see how well the stonework has been built. It's it's unbelievable, the, the building. It's beautifully strong, isn't it? The un- stone walling. Yeah. And what happened to the pews? I think the sea came in one night and I find them strewn across the beach. The sea came in in a gale one time and I find them strewn just across the whole. So the, the sea beach. would have gone over these walls and. Yeah, but it must have taken this with it. I taken the side of the wall away and then sucked the pews out onto just the beach. Pulled them out and there was just bits of pew over the beach. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But speaking to um, some of the older folk, they can remember the roof being on and oil lamps hanging from the ceiling. What an atmospheric place to hear a, a tune. Yeah. So what are you going to play for us now? Well, we're thinking, since we're down here in this spot in the old kirk, we'll maybe try a more atmospheric tune, a slower tune. This is called the Greenland Man's Tune. So it's, Is uh, there a story behind this one? It's from the days of the whaling, Greenland whaling, and it's uh, kind of remembered up in Fettler, if they thought playing it there. Jimsy Lawrence was a great storyteller for up there and he used to sing the melody and it, yeah it's well known but this, it's, it's a lovely atmospheric tune I, I'm not sure if they were played it up in the ice, north ice there you can certainly if you're ever up there among the icebergs and that it's uh, in the still waters up around Greenland it certainly suits
Thank you. Listen, Ewan Morris, it's been fantastic to meet you, to have your stories, to see the wonderful place where you live. Thank you so much for joining us on Folk on Foot. Oh, thank, thank you. you. The wonderful Morris Henderson and Ewan Thompson here on Shetland. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode and you love what Folk on Foot does, please consider becoming a patron of the podcast. For a small contribution, you could get great rewards, including access to Folk on Foot on Film, which is our amazing archive of more than 100 songs filmed on location on our travels around the UK. And we've filmed the music that Ewan and Morris have played here today, and we're going to be putting that into the archive, and we keep adding to it as we travel. So if you want to support Folk on Foot, and we rely entirely on contributions from our listeners to keep going, go to folkonfoot.com and click on the Support Us button. We love making this podcast. We hope you love listening to it, and we want to go on making it for as long as possible. So please join us. Mm -hmm.